0: You're listening to the Toolstation Western League Podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott.
1: Welcome listeners to episode 34 of the Toolstation Western League Podcast. I'm Ian Knockholds and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Western League Bulletin. Hello Tom, how are you? Hi
2: there, yeah, not doing too bad,
1: Thanks you. Uh, Well, I've enjoyed a a veritable orgy of football this weekend. Um, I had the pleasure of watching Devizes on Saturday, which I know we're going to talk about um, later in the podcast, but also, of course, my hometown club is Portsmouth, and they had a fantastic win in the Checker Trade Trophy, so I was treated to not one, but two astonishing football matches, so I'm, I'm really high on life at the moment, and um, very much looking forward to this week's episode of the podcast and we welcome onto this show Tony Beecham, the manager of Cribs, and Joe Sharples, the manager of, uh, of Chippenham Park. And uh, we also see a welcome return to the parish notices section, as well as getting an update from the Football Association on the regulations surrounding promotion and relegation from Steps 5 and 6, which of course covers our First Division ...and our Premier Division. Um, so we've got an action-packed um, episode of the Western League podcast for the listeners this week. Now, um, we, will, uh, we normally go into the results for the Saturday uh, just gone, which, of course, this time around will be the 30th of March but um, we do have a rather important game in the Les Phillips Cup, a quarter-final match between Buckland Athletic and Cadbury Heath. And I must confess that when we talked about this on last week's podcast, Tom, I rather thought this was a, this was a bit of a shoe in for the home team, but that's not how it proved.
2: Yeah, indeed. Uh, Buckland um, unbeaten in, in the Les Phillips for, for nearly two years. Obviously, uh, yeah, victors uh, and, uh, yeah, of the competition last year. Uh, but, yeah, knocked out by uh, Cabra Heath uh, in the quarterfinals, who now go on to uh, to play Plymouth Parkway in the, in the Final Four. Um, seven, seven places uh, separating the sides in, in the league. Uh, Buckland uh, doing slightly better than uh, Cabra Heath this term, but it was, uh, yeah, the Heath who stormed for victory, really. A 4-1 win uh, away at Buckland, and it was goals uh, twice from Sasha Tong, uh, and then also Matt Huxley, uh, both having uh, pretty good seasons, uh, two, of, two of the Heath's star men. And, uh, yeah, they came to the party in uh, a big 4-1 win for, for Cadbury Heath, who has to say, through to, the, through to the, the
1: semi-finals. Yeah, that competition really hotting up, and Cadbury Heath proving there that the form book, all the league table counts are absolutely nothing when it comes to these one-off um, cup games. So that, 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 that competition really getting exciting as we get to the pointy end. Um, now, um, we do turn our attention to Saturday, the 30th of March, and um, we kick off with a game between... Two of the top sides in the Premier Division, Bitten, were at home to Plymouth Parkway.
2: Yeah, this was the uh, the big game, big game of the weekend, uh, and it, yeah, finished in a in a one all draw. Uh, Bitten uh, going ahead, um, ten minutes before the break, uh, the uh, uh, yeah usual source. Tim McLennan in really good form uh, of, of, of recent times. I think he scored in all of their games this week uh, over the past uh, ten days or so. And his bicycle kick—I haven't managed to catch any footage of it—but I imagine it's uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a pearl. The most bicycle kicks are yeah, he put them ahead. Uh, but uh, yeah, things partway uh, managed to to get back on on level terms a couple of minutes later. Uh, their only real attack of the first half uh, ending with Brian Lane firing home. Uh, so yeah, it was one all one all at the break. Uh, bitten and then reduced to ten men pretty early in the second half. Dean Griffiths, one of their one of their sharpshooters, uh, picked up a second yellow card and uh, yeah they were pretty much up against it I have thought against a, a Parkway team who'd won 16 on the bounce uh, but it was Bitten who actually went closest to, to claiming a winner uh, Matt Groves, uh, rattling the crossbar 15 minutes from time uh, but it yeah obviously didn't go in and uh, yeah they one won all and that was how it, how it, how it remained so Parkway's uh, winning run fought to an end by Bitten but yeah won all through that
1: Now Chipping Sudbury Town they entertained Welling- Wellington and it was, a, it, was a, it was a good win for the home side
2: yeah, indeed. Uh, another game with a with a red card. Uh, this one going to the home side, who actually, yeah, managed to run out three nil victors. Uh, Dan Brown uh, heading heading Chipping Sodbury ahead uh, after just ten minutes. Uh, but then George Box, one of their um, influential influential players, was uh, was dismissed. Very much handing Wellington uh, a bit of a, a bit of a Philip. Uh, but it was Chipping who managed to, to push on and, and claim a three nil win. So yeah, really impressive afternoon for them. Uh, Luke Henderson doubling the advantage uh, ten minutes before half-time. Uh, and then Jake Thomas completing the uh, the victory for the 10 man at Chipping
1: Now, Cadbury Heath, fresh from that 4 1 win over Buckland uh, in the week, they travelled to Cribs and, uh, well, they found themselves on the wrong end of a 4 goal score line in this game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a 4 0 win for Cribs, uh, Pretty pretty easy afternoon for them. Uh, Sol Wanjow, Smith, and Tom Burns each scoring uh, for the home side. And there was also a brace for, for Jason Vincent, who I think, yeah, worthy of a. Well, if you ever mention at the moment, Now uh, he's doing really well. Uh, seems to be scoring more often than not. So uh, another two for him. And uh, yeah, Cribs, uh, like Vincent, in, in really good form. And uh, yeah, climbing up the table. 4 uh, 0 win over, over Cabra Heath.
1: Well, that good form that you're talking about has seen Cribs win four in their last six games. Uh, so I thought this was a good time to catch up but once again this season with Tony Beacham, the Cribs manager, and I started off by asking Tony whether this good runner form in the last few games shows that his side of targeting a strong finish to this season. Yeah, every team likes to finish strong. Um, like I said,
3: at the start of the season, we had a problem with uh, different things and availability and stuff. Um, now we're at the, the business end of the season obviously for, obviously teams that are going for the title we've managed to get through to the county cup final which keeps our season alive so um, everyone's on their toes and we're trying to win as many games as we can
1: Um, you had a 4-0 win at the weekend was the game as comfortable as the scoreline suggests
3: yes I'd like to think so obviously Cadbury had a bit of a spell at the start we were a bit um, bit not at the races if I'm honest But, um, but yeah the spell but other than that I thought we were very comfortable
1: I mean, from your position as manager, how important was it for you for the side to bounce back from that defeat to Chipping Sodbury?
3: Yeah, it was an important win, uh, obviously Saturday. Obviously the week before we went to Buckland on a heavy pitch. Um, and I think it took its toll when we played uh, Sodbury at home. Um, and to be fair to they had a game plan and they caught us out. And it was nice to respond against Cadbury, who I think had the same problem after beating Buckland in a week. So yeah, very, very, uh, very happy with the results Saturday.
1: Well, let's talk about that win against Buckland because uh, you've beaten Westbury, you've beaten Buckland, and you've beaten Bradford in the past couple of months. Um, all of those um, sides are, are above you in the table. So, I mean, do you think that ninth is perhaps a false league position for Cribbs?
3: Um, if you would have said that to me at the start of the season, I would have said, no, it's not a false position. Now, I believe, yeah, we can, I've like always said, we can always beat anyone in this league on our day. But we just ain't got the consistency. Um, If we can find that throughout the whole season, who knows where it could take us? Um, And we want, like I said, we want to finish the season on a high and finish as high as possible. And obviously, hopefully, win the win the trophy. I
1: mean, you you've mentioned a bit about the challenges you've faced this season. When you look back on the season, and obviously, as you said, you've still got that Candy Cup final to look forward to. But um, when you look back on the season, what do you think your greatest challenges have been in this campaign?
3: We've had a lot of challenges um, throughout the campaign. Obviously, in the FA Vars, that was a great achievement for the club. And we, we always, like I said, we always compete, uh, try to compete against against the sides. And, yeah, it's hard to say, really. Um, but, no, we've done well this year. We've done well.
1: Well, you've got Bridport up next, and then you've got Willand at the lawns. It's going to be a big week for your club, isn't it?
3: Yes, definitely. Obviously, I think we've, we've got a little bit of a say in the title race, I'm quite honest with you. Obviously, we've got, obviously, Will and Saturday, um, and I think we've got bit, uh, Bitten on Bang Monday, so we've got a little bit of a say in the total race, and, I said just a minute ago we'll be we'll be looking to win as many games as we can and uh, we will go into Wednesday game against Bridport obviously full of confidence after Saturday's result and hopefully we can uh, try and grab another three points.
1: Given that you've got Willand and Bitten yet to play, this isn't this isn't particularly the easiest question perhaps for you to answer. But I mean, when you look at the three sides going for that one. Um, promotion spot this this season. Who do you do you have a feeling at this stage who you think might might be there or thereabouts come the final day of the season?
3: Um, that's a difficult one. At the start of the season, I think you asked me the same question, um, and I I said Willand. I said Willand will win the league this year. But we played Paraguay about a month ago, I believe, um, and they taught us a lesson, and they were very very good on the day. Um, so it, it's quite hard to tell. Bitten are a good side as well. So I wouldn't like to pick one, to be, to be honest. I'm quite happy to sit back and <laughs>
1: let them carry on, to be honest. Let, let the chips fall where they may. we talked about the games coming up. Westbury, Bridgewater, Bitten. You've got Bridport, of course, and Willen this week. I mean, there's still so much to play for this season for you. But, I mean, how important is the way that you finish this season for the way that you want to um, start next season's campaign? Or, or aren't you thinking about next season?
3: No, not really. I'm not... Next season, not even thought about it, to be honest. Um, we've got a lot to play for. Obviously, we've got a chance of finishing sixth in this league and for a club like ours, that's a massive achievement in my eyes. Um, we've had a great FA Vars run and, like I said, we're in a County Cup final. So, if we can finish sixth, that will be a great season for us.
1: Now, one final question for you, Tony. Um, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, um, we broke the news that Sinbins were going to become part of the Western League next season. What do you make of that initiative?
3: Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Um, obviously, wouldn't like to criticise any referees, but like I say, it, that would that bringing that into the game would suit the football game, the football league, definitely. Because I think there's some harsh decisions being made throughout the season, um, and I think it will be a very good introduction.
1: And my thanks to Tony for his time. Now, moving on to Roman Glass and George. Um, they've um, they've spent all of this season at the wrong end of the division, but um, they did get a good win at home to Shepton Mallet on Saturday.
2: Yeah, they did, and uh, yeah, much of this was uh, down to the return of, of uh, one of their star men, uh, Ryan Radford. He's been out for four or five weeks with an injury, uh, but he returned and uh, yeah, made a made an instant impact. Uh, the game was won all at, at half-time Reese Hodgson having put uh, Roman Glass ahead uh, before James Billing headed home, uh, an equaliser for for Shepton uh, but then yeah, Bradford had to say out for, a, out for a month or so with an injury uh, returning to the side and yeah scoring twice in the second half to to lead Roman Glass to a, a victory It helps them move uh, slightly to uh, 17 so yeah, good afternoon for, for Roman Glass obviously they haven't had too many things to about uh, recently, so, yeah, good, an impressive victory for them.
1: Now, finally in the Premier Division, we talk about Will and Rovers. They were at home to Clevedon Town, and the key question is, Tom, could they take advantage of that uh, uh, of that draw between Bitton and Parkway?
2: Yeah, so they did just about. Uh, coming from behind in this one, uh, behind at the break, uh, Sid Camper having smashed, uh, smashed Clevedon into a pretty early lead uh, following a long throw from Sam Larkins. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, Willem must have been given a, a stern talking to at the break, uh, coming out in the second half and, uh, yeah, making a, a, a strong start to, to the second period. Ben Dickel scoring twice inside 10 minutes off the restart uh, to put them 2 1 up. Uh, Luke Mortimer, obviously their leading scorer of the season, adding another one to, to his tally to make it 3 uh, 1 before there was, a yeah, a late late consolation for, for Sam Bell, uh, Port Clevedon. And, uh, yeah, so eventually uh, Willan uh, running out 3 2 victors.
3: Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Toolstation. Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Toolstation. Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this. Oh no, we got all the best brands too: Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job. Top saving. With over fifteen thousand trade quality products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every
0: job. Hard to at Toolstation.com and all three hundred and forty branches.
1: Now, moving on to the first division, and um, well, Cheddar had the opportunity to secure, mathematically secure at least, one of the top two positions in the league. We'll have a talk about what exactly that means in terms of promotion a bit later in the podcast. But, um, well, Wells City were the visitors and they proved the party poopers on Saturday. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, obviously, uh, a couple of Somerset sides going at it. Uh, Wells managing to, to complete a pretty unlikely double. Uh, over the yeah promotion chases. Uh, Mark Randall's deflected effort uh, putting the, the the visitors ahead pretty early. Uh, before Oli Hucker managed to to level things for Cheddar uh, after just 15 minutes, uh, Dale Huntland restoring restoring Wells' uh, advantage, uh, but then uh, they lost a the man to a red card just before half time uh, to very much uh, yeah give Cheddar uh, a, a helping hand uh, during the second half going up against ten. Uh, but they are unable to, to capitalise. And uh, it's day two One to Wales. Uh, Backline doing a fantastic job after the break. And, uh, yeah, as I say, keeping, uh, keep, keeping Cheddar out and uh, completing a double over, over, over the Chiefsmen, having um, beaten them three now pretty recently. So, uh, yeah, another really good afternoon for Wales.
1: Now our next game sees Chippenham Park tape on Bishop Sutton. These are two sides um, at the wrong end of the table, Chippenham Park in particular in trouble, but um, one of the hallmarks of the relegation battle this season in the First Division is the ability of teams at the bottom of the table to take points regularly, take points off of teams around them and of course take points teams um, that, are, that are higher placed. And this is exactly how um, Saturday's game um, proved. It was a close run thing, but um, Chippenham Park securing all three points, Tom.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, very much the, the case at Harden-Hewish uh, on the Saturday afternoon. Just one goal uh, decided in this one, and it was Lewis Ellington uh, before half-time, giving uh, and Park the, the 1-0 victory, and I have to say, very much needed. Uh, it could just drag Bishop Sutton into into the relegation scrap if they're not careful. So, uh, yeah, um, but, uh, but a good win for, for Chippenham Park, nonetheless.
1: Excellent. Well, um, it, was, uh, it seemed like a good time to catch up with the Chippenham Park manager, Joe Sharples. Um, of course, we, we like to talk to sides when they've had a win, and, and boy, did Chippenham Park need one. So it was bit very interesting to get Joe's thoughts on, on uh, the run-in now to the end of the season. But I did start by congratulating Joe on that, um, on that victory, on that crucial victory against Bishop Sutton at the weekend.
0: Yes, really pleased. Um... Performances, we'd been a little bit hot and cold in, in the build-up, um, we'd been missing a few important players, um, but we played really well, created a lot of chances um, and, 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 and held on to get to get the result. The only frustration was maybe that it, it should have been a couple more, but really pleased to, to get an important win for, for us.
1: I mean, it's really congested at the bottom of the first division table. As I look at it, I mean, I, I can see really anyone from the bottom six being in danger. Is is, is that what you is that how you see it? Yes, um, it keeps changing each week. The first sort of thing you do after the
0: games is, is get on the tour app and have a look at the results and, and Twitter to see who's done what. Um, so yeah, it, it's very tight. Teams get surprise results. I think Radstock got a last minute winner. On, on the weekend as well So it's, um, it will change on a on a weekly basis Tonight's important for us Against, uh, against Welton Because it's our game in hand um, So we've always had the advantage Of having our destiny in our own hands so Tonight's really important from that point of view But I'm sure there'll be a lot more twists and turns Before the end of the season
1: Am I right in thinking that this is the third Or this was the third week in a row That you'd taken on teams around you?
0: Yes Yes, you'd be right. We we played at Portishead Head last Saturday. Uh, had a disappointing uh, result there. Obviously, Bishop Sutton were right on the fringes, and, and now our win has sort of dragged them into it. Um, and we've we still got Oldlands to play, and, and sort of a couple of others. So um, what with telephones as well midweek, it's yeah, it really they've they've, they've taken real meaning to the term six pointers because of the stage of the season and where the teams are.
1: Have you found it harder playing against sides that are fighting for survival rather than perhaps teams that you know would have been in mid-table or even towards the top of the table that haven't actually got anything to play for?
0: Um, difficult one to answer. We, we've played some teams that I thought maybe wouldn't have... Uh, the, the, the the drive to sort of really go out and perform because they haven't got anything to play for um, and they've actually turned out to be a very competitive, well organised team. It, it, it's been very strange. I, I think everybody obviously wants to finish the season on a high. There's there's always a reason to play. You know, the the, the table's very tight, even in in the mid sort of places of sort of fifth to, to 12th, 13th So there's there's never an easy game, Um and and, and, I, and I wish there was. But it's just sort of the nature the nature of the league. We we've got to make sure that we treat each team with respect. Welton haven't got anything to play for tonight, um, but they'll they'll wanna make sure that they you know, they don't come to Harden Hewish and, and, and get but beat- beaten by a team that's obviously fighting for relegation. So there's always reasons and edges that managers will get their teams to play and perform. So while on paper it might seem like easier or harder games, in reality, I, I don't think it ever works out like that.
1: I mean, looking over, looking over your results over the last couple of months, uh, you, you've had a couple of heavy defeats, but most of the matches that you have lost out, um, you've only lost by the odd goal. So when you look back on your form, um, how, how, do you, how do you feel about it um, this season? Probably
0: frustrated. I think we've had four or five games where we've had two goal leads and surrendered them. Um, normally in the last 10-15 minutes. Obviously, we're quite a young side, so those things happen, and, and those things have, haven't happened as much towards the end of the season. So when you look at those sort of ifs and buts, we probably should be mid-table, um, but, but, but we're not, and, and, and they've been our, our problems. But I've been really pleased with how we've played, given the circumstances of the Sloan at the start of the season. The team has improved. We struggled the last month because we've had four, or five very important players for us injured or, or unavailable. We have them back now for for the final sort of six games of the season, so we're positive that we can we can perform. Um, but knowing that we've got some very tough games coming up against some teams that will, you know, there's a couple of local derbies in there, so they'll want nothing more than to you know make our season as hard as possible by getting three points from us.
1: You've mentioned that Welton Rovers game, um, which is tonight, and then it's Chard at the weekend. I mean, you've, you've obviously every point is crucial at the moment. But if you aren't able to get anything out of tonight's game, it really does put quite a lot of pressure on that match against Chard, doesn't it?
0: Yes, it does. Um, each, each game, obviously, that goes by means you've got uh, less less games to get the, the total number of points that we've sort of targeted. So, yeah, it will be a tough game. We've obviously then straight after. We've got Carl on, on Tuesday night as well. So it's a really important sort of couple of weeks for us. But I'm not really looking beyond tonight. Um, we put our energies and efforts and, and preparation into tonight and, and give it our best. And if we get a favourable result, it doesn't really take the pressure off, off Saturday either. But it just puts us one step closer to, to where we want to be and, and obviously sort of survive and, and stay in the league.
1: I mean, you mentioned a points total um, there have you got a a target in mind of the number of points that either you think that you need to stay safe or that that you you 've set for the players to try and achieve this season
0: I think we're looking really to, to try and achieve forty points um, from from the the limited research i've i 've done nobody's gone down with 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 that number of points um, or, or finished in, in, in sort of the, obviously the relegation places. So that that's what we believe is is attainable from the games that we've got. Um, so, so that's what we'd like to, to go with. Obviously, our game in hand um, tonight is is crucial to achieving that. And, and I think we do have the quality to go on a run. Because if you look at the form of our season, our, our wins have sort of come in clusters of of three or four in in five or six games. Obviously, we got a good win on Saturday. So I'm hoping at this stage of the season we can then go on a little sort of run and, and get a combination of three four important wins to take us there but I, th- I think 40 points would, would certainly see us safe um and, and finish above above others mainly because obviously we, we've got to play uh, we have still got to play oldlands um who are, who are in and around the relegation uh, battle as well
1: well, talking about the games that are coming up between now at the end of the season, I noticed that three of your, of your last four matches are against um, Wiltshire sides. And one thing we've noticed on the podcast is that how the crowds increase and when you have a Wiltshire Derby. So from your perspective, is it easier to get your players up for those Wiltshire Derby matches or actually does it make your life a little bit difficult because the other sides have so much more to play for? Our, our
0: players probably don't because they're so young. They are maybe not as connected to the the Wiltshire rivalry as as perhaps the other teams. Um, obviously, there's there's a little bit of history from sort of the summer and a lot of Park's old old, old squad are now at Corsham and now at Carl, um, so that adds a, an edge and dynamic from their point of view. Our players, I would say, don't really notice or feel it. They just view it as a game of football, which, yeah, I, I'm I'm pleased with. But certainly for the other teams, I think it gives them motivation and, and an additional reason to to perform um, and obviously try and, and, and try and win the game. So so we have to we have to adapt to that in our previous games against Caution and Calm. Um, late goals cost us, but we, but we performed really well and we handled what was a difficult atmosphere for such a younger team really well. So with that experience behind us, um, I, I think the boys will be. Will be fine. I've got no sort of concerns about the the atmosphere or or, or sort of the games and, and the opposition. Obviously, having a, an, an additional reason of it being a derby to play to play, uh, to play and, and to beat us. Um, I think when we play Warminster, uh, they they I think are a very different team to what we faced first game of the season. Um, and obviously, they they've had a they've had a great season and, and have sort of you know established themselves in the league. So so that will be a very tough game. But I'm hoping. But with it being last game of the season, um, that we can have a nice, uh, a nice sunny day and a game of football with with nothing riding on it.
1: And one final question for you, Joe. Over the last couple of weeks, we've talked a bit about Simbins and the introduction of Simbins into the Western League next season. As a manager, how do you feel about that?
0: I, I've, I've got to be careful how I word it. I, I'm not a fan. Um, previous discussions. It, it seems very complex. Um, I think the traditional system works. I think the key is, is referees being consistent with their with their decisions and with their communications. Um, you know, so if they're treating both players on on on, on both sides the same um, with with their cards and their communication, then then that should be enough. I think. Yes, I'd I'd like it tested more before it, it sort of comes in, um, but you know, that is sort of what we've got to deal with. So I'm going to have to read up on the rules and and get a good understanding of of what impact it has during the game. Um, But from the last time I had a really good look at it, it looked very complex and had a lot of um, unanswered questions. So if I'm honest, I'm I'm not a fan and I much prefer the, you know, the current traditional system of of yellows and, and red cards. And my
1: thanks to Joe for his time. Now, uh, in another part of Wiltshire, we move on to the game that I was at, Devizes Town at Home to Longwell Green Sports. A tale of two halves, Tom. Tell us your tale of those two halves. Do my best to do
2: it justice. Um, I'm sure you can probably add a few, uh, yeah, a bit of flesh to the bones. But, uh, yeah, a 4-2 victory uh, for, for Devizes, but that's, yeah, not half of it. Uh, Longwell Green um, in an absolutely commanding position at the break two goals up Courtney Charles uh, followed by a penalty from Ali Bamford uh, and also a man up Jack Bramwell uh, dismissed uh, uh, the foul which led to, to Bamford's penalty uh, so yeah two goal two goal leads for Longwell Green obviously up into uh, up into the top five spots recently so they're having a, a really good second half to the season uh, looking looking in command uh, devised without a home win in, in more than three months uh, but, yeah, somehow, uh, somewhere they managed to, to turn it around with ten men uh, after the break. Uh, two goals apiece from Sam Dodds and, and Jake Waters, um, yeah, completing a pretty remarkable turnaround. And, uh, yeah, Devizes running out 4-2 victors.
1: Well, Tom, you, you know me. I'm not a man who's prone to hyperbole. But I would say that, that I have seen the temples of Bangkok and I have seen the smile on the Mona Lisa. And I've seen the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, but I have never seen a tool station Western League game like that before. It was quite remarkable. In the first half, Longwell Green were by far and away the better side. I was really impressed with their physique um, and their organisation. They were really strong. And they, I mean, frankly, they had a couple of players who should have been playing in the Southern League, let alone the Western League, I thought. And uh, really, when Devizes um, were down to 10 men, having conceded that penalty to go 2-0 down... I mean, I thought it was game over, and there was an awful lot of long faces around me. Um, but something quite remarkable must have happened in the changing rooms at half time because um, what we saw in the second half, frankly, if you'd have seen it in a movie, I don't know, would it have been Rourke's Drift? I'm not sure. I mean, it was, it was just one of those epic um, performances, and um, they, they never stopped um, believing. And it was, um, you know, it was a really special, it was a really special day. Certainly for everybody at devises, an awful lot of smiley faces, um, um, you know, at the final whistle. Um, you know, having got one goal back and then two, I think um, Longwell Green started to, um, to panic a bit. And then when the third went in, if there had been a roof on Nurstead Road, it would, have, it, would have, it would have blown off. I'm quite sure. I, I um, was able to wrestle away. Um, the telephone from my daughter Betty, who was uh, who'd accompanied me on Saturday, and um, I did manage to get a video of, of um, Devis's third goal. So, if you follow me on social media, that's at and Knockholds, and you will you'll see that you'll see that goal. But don't worry too much about the camera work or the goal. I think the audio says it all. It was fantastic for certainly the home fans um, to get that that win. And, um, you know, it was a really enjoyable way to spend a beautiful Saturday afternoon in the heart of Wiltshire. And uh, the fact that you can watch that degree of drama... For five quid, I think, says everything about, um, about Western League football. But um, anyway, that's, that's, that's enough from me about my afternoon at Devizes. We move on to another one of the sides at the wrong end of the table, another side, of course, close to my heart, Radstock Town, and they had an important win at home against Bishops Lydiard. Yeah, indeed. Um,
2: yeah, playing more drama uh, in, in, in another first division game. Uh, Bishops Lydiard going ahead in this one. Brian uh, Barrison pretty early. Uh, putting putting them ahead, but then Radstock managed to to, to move into a two one lead at the break. Uh, Sean Derrick and Luke Ingram getting on the getting on the score sheet for them. The Zach Ryder header just after the hour mark managed to, to level things up, and it was yeah headed towards the headed towards a draw. Uh, but then Radstock with the, the, the final attack of the game uh, managed to, to snatch all three points, and it was James Rustle um, uh, heading home, and uh, yeah helping uh, Radstock move up the table a little bit. So a three two win for them at home to Bishop's
1: Lidlitz. Excellent stuff. And our final featured match in the First Division sees Inform Warminster Town take on Bristol Telephones.
2: Yeah, Inform and free uh, scoring at the moment, Warminster. A 4 0 win uh, for them over the bottom side, uh, a couple for, for Jake Wright. Uh, and there was also goals from Evan Mortimer Taylor and uh, yeah, Lewis Graham. So uh, a 4 0 win for, for
1: Warminster. A four-nil win on the pitch and a three-figure attendance. So, um, Warminster doing things right the right way, both on and off the pitch this season, and um, a club uh, we should all keep our eye on um, over the next coming months. Uh, now, we take a look at the up-and-coming fixtures. Normally, of course, we move straight on to the weekend, um, which will be Saturday the sixth of April. But we can't really do that before. Um, calling out one fixture in particular that will probably have happened by the time you listen to the podcast, but um, but certainly a fixture and a result that everybody in the Western League should take notice of. A fixture on Tuesday, the second of April. Tom.
2: Yeah, massive. Uh, a perfect way to start April, really. Um, first division title not not officially on the line, of course. Still four or five games after this one to come uh, for the two sides, but Cheddar versus Keynesham uh, the top two. I've uh, been, been switching places um, in, in the top two spots towards the Summit of the First Division for, for a couple of months now. And, uh, yeah, they meet on uh, Tuesday evening um, in, at Cheddar. And, uh, yeah, well, obviously quite a lot of stakes. So, uh, yeah, a huge game on, on Tuesday between uh, Cheddar and Cainsham.
1: Well, we move on to Saturday the 6th of April now, and uh, we start in the Premier Division. What is your pick of the weekend's fixtures, Tom? I
2: think I'll plump with the... the... The, uh, the Plymouth Parkway uh, Bridgewater to, to game um, Plymouth Parkway obviously winning run coming to an end uh, on Saturday afternoon and now I hope to, to start a new run I guess um, uh, against a, a Bridgewater side also in the top four and uh, also uh, very very capable of keeping clean sheets and scoring lots of goals themselves so uh, yeah something's, something's got to give there uh, Parkway probably yeah in need of it's a three points a little bit more than Bridgewater who so are probably out of the title race uh, but, yeah, they'll be a tough, uh, tough, tough opponent, so uh, that should be a good one
1: on, on Saturday. Now, the other um, fixture uh, that we have to take notice of, of course, in the Premier Division involves Willan Rovers. This time they're on the road. They travel to Cribs, and we know from from Tony just how they're approaching the end of this season, so uh, they won't get an easy ride away at Cribs, and Cribs, as we know, in good form. But um, Willan will need to take something from that game, I'm sure, to keep pressure up um, at the top of the table. Uh, now then, moving on to the first division, Tom. Which game has caught your eye there? For a couple of top five sides,
2: well, obviously at the time of uh, recording. So we've got Longwell Green. Uh, there at home, obviously um, hit by a bit of a yeah, a bit of a shock on on Saturday afternoon away at Devizes, the Visors Would the game you're at uh, hosting a, a national Backwell side. Are also, um, I think only, only, only set up for for... Uh, uh, draw on, on, on Saturday so uh, yeah, two teams uh, wanting to, to get back to winning ways and that should be a pretty
1: good game there. Well one game that did catch my eye was Carn Town against um, Cheddar, and um, Carn have been in good form this season, although they had a bit of a blip recently, but um, Cheddar need all the points they can get, so away from home um, that should be an interesting game, but the game that really caught my eye was at the other end of the table um, not so much the away side, but Devo- um, B- Bristol Telephones the hosts' take on Devizes. Now, I'm not going to go into another rant about how wonderful Devizes were at the weekend, um, but what I should say is that Devizes had two 16-year-olds in their starting uh, line-up uh, at the weekend and uh, also a whole host of reserve team players. So um, I wouldn't go as far as to say they're down to the bare bones, but they're clearly a side that, you know, at this end of the season is, um, it has its own selection problems. Now, Bristol Telephones are fighting for their lives. They're not doing a bad job at all of keeping up with the side's um, around them at the bottom of the First Division. It's very tight and congested there, as we know. But they will need to get something from this game, I think, if they're going to keep that pressure up on those sides um, that are around them. So I think in terms of relegation from the First Division, this, this fixture could prove to be particularly crucial for the home side. Now, last week we did the, um, the league table, and uh, this week we, uh, we are going to have a look at our hot shots. But not before I have a quick look at the issue of promotion and relegation Um, concerning Steps 5 and 6. Now, I've been in touch with the Football Association to try and get some clarification on this, and I can read a statement that has come from the FA, and that says that uh, in terms of promotion and relegation from Steps 5 and 6, the clubs in the bottom two places in each of the 14 divisions at Step 5 at the end of the regular season will be relegated and placed in the most geographically appropriate division, of Step 6. Now of course Step 5 is our Premier Division, Step 6 our First Division and what interests me about that statement is that when we talk about the most geographically appropriate division of Step 6 we know that last season we've already had member clubs move out of the Western League, not because of matters of promotion and relegation but because of reorganisation that the Football Association has done and I'm of course talking about Armandsbury, UWE and um, and Malmesbury. Now It's also interesting to see that as far as um, promotion from uh, the First Division is concerned, the statement reads that the the clubs relegated... Um, from the Premier Division will be replaced by the 19 clubs finishing in first position in each of the leagues at step six. So if you win the first division, you are guaranteed a promotion. And at the end of the regular season, together with the required number of clubs finishing in second position at the end of the regular season on a points per match ratio. Now, at the moment, we don't know how many of those clubs finishing second will be in a position to get promoted and there's been some discussion around whether of the 19 leagues that we're talking about uh, we don't know whether it will be 9 or 11 of those leagues that will supply um, a side into uh, for promotion. But what I can tell you is that some analysis that um, that I've seen on the internet would suggest that at the moment, whether it's Canesham or whether it's Cheddar that finished second on the current points per game ratio, and both would be in a position to go up. Now, there's no guarantee there. Sadly, for all of us, these matters won't appear not to be settled on the football pitch, which is a bit of a shame, um, but um, they will be settled one way or another at the end of the season and we will keep you abreast as best we can on any of those developments as we, as we know what's going on but of course one of the things we know at every level of the game of football is that um, clubs moving between divisions is often determined by, other, by matters outside of our control including clubs going out of business um, and we certainly hope that's not going to happen to any of our sides uh, and at the moment I don't believe it is so um, uh, we'll, watch that, we'll watch this space. Anyway Um, That's that situation regarding um, promotion and relegation. And, of course, we will have a chat next week about what that means in terms of the tables. Um, But this week we are going to have a look at the hot shots, Tom. So can you take us through who is hot in the Tool Station Western League? Sure. So,
2: uh, yeah, looking at league goals only at the moment. Uh, Premier Division, we've got Jack Taylor leading the way uh, from Bridgewater. A couple more goals on on Saturday afternoon uh, in their latest win. Uh, so he's on 28 league goals uh, he's then got a couple of players on 23 you've got Callum Demke Westbury uh, and then Willems Luke Mortimer uh, also on 23 so they're both having fantastic seasons uh, in the first division it's a, it's a shootout between the two cheddar forwards uh, you've got Adam Wright currently leading the way 27, Adam Jones in second place on 26 so obviously one one goal behind his teammate and uh, yeah, obviously they've got quite a lot to play for as uh, a team over the next couple of weeks, so uh, yeah, probably not concentrating too much on the uh, the leading score charts. But yeah, uh, those two are currently top of the top of the top of the chart in uh, in the first division. town's end of uh, Ashton Backwell, uh, he got his twentieth league goal the, the season on Saturday, so congratulations to him. He's in third. Uh, and then in all competitions, so uh, including the cups, uh, we have got Mortimer uh, of Willands on thirty-four. He's top. Uh, Taylor of Bridgewater at thirty-two. Uh, one ahead of Demkiv uh, of Westbury, who's on 31. You've also got Ben Bamman of Bitten. Uh, he's also got 32, just like Taylor. So, uh, yeah, those are the, uh, the top strikers
1: at the moment. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much for that. And now I return to an old friend of the, uh, the podcast. It's our um, parish notices section. Um, back on Saturday, when I was having a chat with, the, uh, with, with some of the people from Longwell Green, I had a chat with John Gibbs, who um, I met um, the last season's uh, Les Phillips Cup final. Uh, John told me about a number of vacancies that they've got at Longwell Green, so I'm very happy to sort of bring those to the listeners' attention. Um, uh, they're looking for a first-team secretary for next season, um, so anybody interested in that position needs to get in touch with John. You'll find them on Twitter, you'll find them on, uh, on the internet, of course. There, you can Google them as well. And there is another vacancy that they're advertising, and that is that they are looking to recruit a new management team for their under-18 side. That plays in the Somerset Floodlit uh, League and uh, that, again, is another position that they're looking to recruit for next season. So anybody uh, interested in that, also get on to, uh, to Longwell Green. But also, if you're a club and you've got some vacancies or you've got some, some events coming up towards the end of the season, then please let us know and we'll do our best to publicise them on the Tool Station Western League podcast. Now, Tom, we've been having a look at your excellent bulletin um, uh, for this episode, as we always do, of course. Where can the listeners find that?
2: So, yeah, that should be on the uh, the Toolstation Washington League uh, website. It should be on the homepage. Uh, I think it's downloadable uh, in the uh, PDF format, which is, is on there. And there's also a tab on the top, which takes you to the most recent um, uh, bulletin. Yeah, so that's uh, that's available in two places on the, uh, on the official website.
1: That's excellent. And um, have you penned your column for the non-league paper?
2: Yeah, Step 5 and 6 section. I think it was the featured league this week, says... Uh, slightly, slightly increased in, in words, and uh, I think there's a picture uh, from that big uh, Bitten uh, uh, Parkway game. So, yeah, that would be that be uh, an important one to check out for the uh, the Western League
1: followers. That's excellent, Tom. Thank you very much uh, for your time Pleasure. on uh, on this week's podcast. And I look forward to speaking to you next week on the Tool Station.